What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. And welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Glad you're with us. I'm David Brody. It's Wednesday, April 28th, 2021. Tonight, President Biden addresses Congress and the nation at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Here is our water cooler advice. Take a nap, Joe. You're going to need it since you're going to be spending a lot of energy and breaking a sweat as you work your way through a litany of liberal agenda items that will be on the prompter tonight. Hope you read it well. Here's what will be new this evening, by the way. Biden's going to propose something called the American Families Plan. Hey, it sounds nice and all. Uh, but we're talking nearly $2 trillion in spending, things like uh, free community college, free universal preschool, so much more. This is like the Oprah show tonight. It, it's like it's come alive, you know, where she says, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Biden's version, more like, you get free stuff, you get free stuff. But hey, the problem is, it ain't free. You, the taxpayers, are foot the bill, and a big and controlling federal government keeps on growing. Uh, by the way, after tonight, Biden will have proposed $6 trillion in spending in just 100 days. Mind-blowing, not to mention immoral, to saddle our kids and grandkids with all that debt and deficit more in a moment. Also today, Rudy Giuliani, under the microscope, the feds raided his New York home and office this morning, seized electronic devices. Hey, folks, it's not because he was on Snapchat or posting an Insta story. Uh, no, they're looking at possible criminal activity tied to his dealings in Ukraine more later. And election integrity laws, Texas, the latest state to try and crack down on voter fraud. And as you can imagine, liberals whining and complaining, screaming voter suppression, voter suppression. We're going to discuss that and a whole lot more, actually, with our first guest back with us on the water cooler, conservative icon and head of the GOP down in Texas, Lieutenant, Gov uh, Lieutenant Governor, hello, Lieutenant Colonel <laughs> Alan West. Alan, great to see you again. Good to be with you, David. Thank you so much. Well, Alan, uh, let's talk about Biden's speech tonight. Uh, you know, here's one thing we've learned with Biden. His words speak of unity, his actions exactly the opposite. So my question tonight, you're going to be watching uh, the speech or are you going to opt to watch uh, paint dry as a potentially more stimulating activity? Well, I'll be spending the evening with the uh, Texoma Patriots up near the uh, Texas-Oklahoma border. So I would much rather be with them talking about our municipal-level elections, our Texas legislative session. But tonight what you'll see and hear is talk about unity, but what it really is is conformity to a leftist ideological agenda and their narrative. And so if you are a progressive socialist, you're going to enjoy what you hear tonight. If you are an American and a constitutional conservative, you're going to be absolutely appalled at what you hear tonight. Because what Joe Biden has done in his first 100 days He's put Americans out of work. He's decimated our oil and gas industry, made us energy dependent, not independent. He has torn down our national security and foreign policy standing. And worst of all, he has abdicated his role and responsibility to provide sovereignty for the United States of America and the great state of Texas by implementing an open borders policy. 
Uh, Alan, are we seeing this liberal agenda? I'm sure for various reasons, obviously. It's like a president AOC. But, but I, I'm wondering if we're not seeing it also because they know that they've got an infinite or, or a finite window here. 2022 is coming. And I wonder if they understand that GOP majority uh, could be a done deal in 2022. Well, of course, they know that, and history shows that. In his first midterm election back in 1994, Bill Clinton lost 54 congressional seats. In his first midterm election cycle in 2010, Barack Obama lost 63 congressional seats. So that's why they came up with H.R. 1, which is the federalizing of our elections, to try to make sure that they could stay in power by no more voter ID, no voter registration rolls, basically allowing illegals to vote, same-day voter registration and voting. So they know what is going to happen in 2022. So they're trying to get as much passed through. Thank God we have the filibuster, but still they may try to lift the filibuster in order to get their agenda through. Yeah, and if they do that, then you know all bets are off. It's it's all it's all fair game. It's all going through. Uh, I want to turn to the GOP real quick. Uh, President Trump uh, said this about GOP uh, leader, one of the GOP leaders, Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney polling so low in Wyoming and has so little support, even from the Wyoming Republican Party, that she is looking for a way out of her congressional race. Based on all the polling, there's no way she could win. She'll either be yet another lobbyist or maybe embarrass her family by running for president. I can go on and on. I won't go through the whole thing. Anyhow, here's the point. Who is controlling uh, the Republican Party right now? I mean, is, is, is this Trump's party still? What's the deal, Alan? Well, I will tell you that without a doubt, his agenda is still very strong. It was a very successful agenda. When you look at the economic growth, opportunity, prosperity, you look at how our borders were secured, our national security uh, standing, our military was strong, our foreign policy was strong, and we have become energy independent through our oil and gas industry. So I think that the policy agenda of the Trump uh, administration will continue to last, and that's something that our candidates should run on. So I think that he leads a path with the agenda that he had for those four years he was president. Yeah, and my sense is we'll, we'll get to him in 2024, potentially down the road. But he, I mean, he's not a fool. He's not going to run again if these election integrity laws aren't changed. And I want to talk to you down in what's going on down in Texas. Uh, there's a headline out there uh, that, that reads as follows. It says, as the voting rights fight moves to Texas, uh, defiant Republicans test the resolve of corporations that oppose restrictions. So I want you to kind of help me through what's going on down in Texas. You've got the Senate and the House basically trying to firm up election integrity uh, laws as a relate or excuse me yeah laws down there including drive up voting I guess after hours voting what about some penalties financial penalties and possible jail time what's what's happening down there yeah you're absolutely right there should be consequences for violating Texas election law the individual who was the Harris County clerk last uh, election cycle Chris Hollins who just so happened to be the Texas Democrat Party chairman I mean uh, treasurer he instituted curbside voting outside of the uh, the specter, spectrum of what curbside voting should be by Texas election law. He opened up nine different curbside voting locations. Most of them, uh, eight of them, were in Democrat uh, precincts. And he also tried to do the universal mail-in ballots uh, against a voter registration roll that had not been reviewed of some 2.7 million ballots. So he was curtailed from doing that because of decisions from the Supreme Court of Texas. But we got to make sure that that doesn't happen again. We don't want to have no voter ID. We want voter ID here in Texas. And especially when you consider the fact that hundreds of thousands of illegals are pouring across our border right now, we want to make sure that they're not participating in our electoral process. Yeah, they're saying they, the critics, are saying that Harris County is being targeted because it's Houston and then they're, 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 you know, they're playing the racial politics game here. 
Yeah, absolutely so. But for the left, it's all about identity politics. It's not about the rule of law. We want to follow the rule of law in Texas. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let me ask you a little bit about the CDC, why I have you, uh, and this mask guidance. i got to tell you, I give up. You know, six feet, three feet, bluefish, redfish, it all changes. I have no idea what they're doing. I mean, they say follow the science. I gotta be tell. I gotta tell you, I'm confused. I mean, paging Dr. Fauci. Can, can you help us here? Uh, what what what's the view, uh, the conservative view here about all of this guidance? You want to be safe, but at the same time, this is like uh, this is crazy federal government run amok here, Alan. No, you're absolutely right. It's become more and more absurd, and people here in the state of Texas are pretty much so tired of it because of this hypocrisy. No one is doing anything about all of these illegal immigrants that are being released into the state of Texas, many of whom we know have tested positive for COVID-19. We're trying to turn the corner around that, but yet we continue to have this control mechanism of wearing masks and what have you. And how is it you, we're told to take a vaccine, and if you take the vaccine, you're supposed to be good to go, but yet we still see people saying you must wear a mask even though you had the vaccine. So you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah. And so then what, what does this mean ultimately with these vaccine passports? Uh, there's a sense down there in Texas. You've already kind of the governor's taken some steps down there, I know, to, to say it's not going to happen down in Texas. Well, one of the things that I have to applaud, the uh, state of Montana just came out and said that no business can force their citizens to have a vaccine passport. Now, one of the things we've got to, uh, a mandatory vaccines we got to fight down here in Texas is to make sure that we don't have any type of business, private sector, uh, forcing that upon the citizens. What uh, Governor Abbott did say is that state or governmental agencies will not be forcing uh, vaccine passports or mandatory uh, vaccinations. But yet we have Houston Methodist down uh, in Houston, Texas, that is saying that it will fire, terminate any of its employees that does not get, do not get a vaccine. And Houston Methodist does receive some state funding. So we'll see how that goes. Well, I have less than a minute left. We're hodgepodging a little bit, but there's a big constitutional carry bill down there in Texas. That's a, that's a big deal that's happening. Can you explain to our viewers what's happening, where, where that stands exactly? Uh, apparently, Gov Governor Abbott says he's going to sign this bill. Well, I think it's one of the important things that we sign. This is a constitutional right that we have. If you want to still get a, a concealed carry permit, that's for reciprocity. But once you pass a 4473 background check, you should be able to carry your firearm. And uh, there are 20 other states ahead of Texas that have passed constitutional carry. In Vermont, Bernie Sanders has constitutional carry. Mm -hmm. Mitt Romney has constitutional carry in Utah. We need to have it in Texas. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, always great to see you, sir. Uh, it's been, you know, we've been friends for a while. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Anytime. Thank you. All right, Alan West. Uh, look, when you, when you check the dictionary and, and you see, like, like, strength, like, real man, like, as in don't mess with him, Alan West is right there. Don't think Dr. Fauci is there when you type in those words. FYI, but don't get me started on Fauci. All right, uh, when we come back, uh, Russ Vogt, uh, he used to be the budget director for the Trump administration. He will be with us talking about Biden's six trillion bonanza in 100 days. What the world? It's like spending is going out of style. It's like, got to spend it, got to spend it. Anyhow, he'll break it all down in a moment. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. 
Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to The Water Cooler, everybody. Tonight's Joe Biden, President Biden's uh, first State of the Union, which is not a State of the Union, but it's basically a State of the Union. It's his first speech uh, to Congress and, of course, the nation, 9 p.m. Eastern, across this great land of ours. You know he's going to say this word, free, uh, a few times during the speech. Hey, let me just, uh, let me just tell you right now, nothing as life is free. And when the federal government says free, don't believe it because taxpayers are footing the bill. Take a look at this. This is uh, inside Biden's American Families Plan. This is what you're going to see tonight. He's going to propose this, $400 billion in extended child uh, tax credits, then $250 billion for child care subsidies. Ready for this? Uh, $225 billion for paid family leave, $200 billion for free, okay, there's that word, free universal preschool, $109 billion for, here's the word, free community college, yeah, right, and $45 billion for school nutrition. Let's unpack all of this uh, with Russ Vogt. He's the president at the Center for American Restoration and the former OMB director of the Trump administration. Russ, good to see you, sir. Good to have me on. Is your head spinning with all these numbers? What's your take on what we're going to hear from Biden tonight? It is. I mean, you get the sense that they don't think that they're actually doing anything or waking up in the morning if they're not spending $2 trillion. And they just have convenient $200 billion amounts for each and every uh, proposal that they put in their plan. So uh, we can't afford it. And I think it's going to be unfortunate to hear more of that tonight. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, I mean, this is $6 trillion in essence that he has Am I, am I right on these numbers? It's like $2 trillion for the stimulus has already been passed, $2 trillion on the infrastructure, or I'm sorry, the air quote infrastructure, we can get into that, and then $2 trillion here. I mean, where does it end, Russ? I don't think it does end. I mean, I think the American people are going to need to rise up and say this is not what we had in mind, uh, to, to have $6 trillion in spending. Uh, again, every time they, they put forward a proposal, it's $2 trillion and massive tax increases to be able to pay for it. We're going to double capital gains tax. We're going to raise taxes on business owners across the country. Um, tax and spend is the economic policy of the 1970s when Joe Biden came of age economically. Uh, you know, most of us look back at that time and say, you know, that was kind of the worst economy that we've ever had in our history. No one wants to go back to it. Joe Biden seems to want to. So let, let, unpack it economically for us, because, you know, Gen Zers, millennials, and let's be honest, even some baby boomers out there, they hear free college or community college. They hear free this, free that. But 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 it's not free. Uh, and explain why this is a bad idea, because a lot of especially the younger generation, they say, hey, if I can go to community college for a couple of years for free on the government's dime, I'm good with that. What's the what's the problem? What's the counter argument to that, uh, Russ? All of that government needs to be paid for by someone. So government's either going to raise taxes to pay for it, and he has substantial increases in taxes to be able to pay for it. Uh, over time, it could uh, inflate away, and that's a, a tax on, on, on poor people and individuals who are on fixed in income. And so as a result, all of this government is going to come at the cost of, of, of our, either this current generation or our future generations in the form of debt that they have to pay back. Yeah. What about this infrastructure bill that's currently kind of being debated uh, on, on the Hill? What are, what's your view on some of what's happening? How would you, uh, if, if, for example, if this was the Trump administration now, how would you go about kind of handling these, these negotiations on the Hill? What's, what's the key to kind of working through an infrastructure bill here? Every time we wanted to do a negotiation with the Democrats on infrastructure, they insisted that we overturn the president's corporate tax reduction. 
So they have no desire to actually fix infrastructure, and, and I would be supportive of a, of, a, of a common sense bill to do that. This bill that they have put forward, their $2 trillion bill, is only about 7% infrastructure, real infrastructure of, of ports and roads and bridges. And as a result, they're trying to, to say that everything, that the care economy investments is, they, is their euphemism, counts as infrastructure. The American people are on to them. And as a result, they've really begun to change their, their, their own messaging to say it's more of a jobs and manufacturing bill. And so, look, they can keep changing their messaging each and every day. The, 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 the fundamental reality of what they're pushing is something the American people are not in support of. Yeah, you've been doing this a long time, Russ. I mean, when did infrastructure all of a sudden become like uh, social welfare programs? When, when, when did that happen? I missed that. I missed that entirely. Yeah, it, it must have occurred when they realized that infrastructure as a term pulls well because people see the potholes that haven't been filled for a while. And that's what needs to be fixed. We don't need to have a $400 billion program for home health care. We don't need to have free universal uh, uh, preschool that the American people don't want because they don't want bureaucrats and others raising their kids. Yeah. And I'm also curious about the corporate tax rate on all of this. So what? It's a 21 percent. They want to take it to 28 percent. Mansions like I'm not doing 28 percent, 25 percent possibly. What's your sense of, of what that means as it relates to the corporate tax rate uh, in, in terms of the uh, of how this gets paid for? Right. So they want to take this to 28 percent. That would be more than what China pays for on, on a corporate level. Uh, it make us fundamentally in uncompetitive. We'd have a harder time attracting businesses to come and stay in this country. Uh, for capital gains tax, they want to double it essentially and make it so that we are uh, further taxing uh, investment and savings, which is, will make it only harder to have a competitive economy and in in, in, in increased worker produ productivity. So look, there's you go down the list and it just makes no sense from an economic standpoint. Russ, your organization uh, focuses uh, quite a bit on Judeo-Christian principles, kind of those traditional uh, cultural principles. And, and what we're seeing in the education system with the Biden administration, I want to put up a headline uh, here about the 1619 uh, project. Uh, this has just been kind of bizarre that this, uh, this from Education Week, Biden administration cites 1619 project as inspiration in history grant proposal. What's happening inside the federal government at the education level. What, are, what is Biden and his administration trying to do here, Russ? They're, gonna, they're trying to reverse engineer America's understanding of their country and their nation. They're trying to say that instead of it being a fundamentally great country that can always do a little bit better in striving for our ideals, that we're a fundamentally flawed country, that we are systemically racist, that we are, it's the oppressed versus the, uh, oppre the oppressors versus the oppressed. And the 1619 Project is an, is an attempt to basically take it, that mentality, that critical race theory, and put it into our schools, put it into our universities, and come up with a curriculum around that. President Trump had a different view. We needed a, a 1776 Project to be able to provide a, a curriculum, a civics a platform that was consistent with the history as we know it. And unfortunately, this administration is using it at every level. When you hear the words equity, that's that's what you should know is being is an opportunity for the left to take this philosophy embedded in public policy. Russ Vogt, really appreciate your time, uh, president of the Center for American Restoration. Thanks. Thanks, Russ. Thank you. Great stuff. Uh, also, the former OMB director under uh, the Trump administration. All right. When we come back, we head to the border. Yes, I will be going to Taco Bell after the show. That's a separate border. I'm talking about Mexico, Texas, that border. We've got Amanda Head. We've got Ben Burkwam on the border, literally on the border. They could jump in the river. Not that they would jump in the river. We'll talk to them about it. And would they jump in the river? 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. When I think of heading to the border, I, I say to my family, hey, what do you want a Taco Bell? But after that, I think about immigration and the border uh, right after the Taco Bell uh, situation. The Save America Freedom Tour is taking place down in McAllen, Texas, all across that, the, the border area. I, I want to head down to Amanda Head, Ben Burkwan, uh, with Real America's Voice. Uh, you guys are there, right there in McAllen, Texas. Uh, uh, any Kamala Harris uh, sightings? I'm assuming uh, you haven't seen her down there. <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, a negative. We're looking. We're looking. Uh, so far, no, I have not. By the way, a sad fact, I think Taco Bell is still rated the top Mexican food restaurant in America, which is just a shame to Mexican food. It shouldn't be even considered sorry, the same category. Sad. It's my Don't favorite. Me, oh, my food, goodness. So okay. You need to drop it. <laughs> All right. But yes, we are on. here on a more serious note. Yeah. Uh, we're here on a more serious note. We actually started in Atlanta, Georgia on Saturday, the Save America Freedom Tour, uh, Real America's Voice News, along with Jeremy Harrell of Live from America. And we made several stops along the way talking to folks. What's ironic is everywhere we went, whether it was election fraud, talking about that in Georgia, uh, there was also talk of border issues and the impacts that, are, that illegal immigration has on uh, Atlanta, on Mississippi, on Alabama, on Louisiana, and especially here in places like Texas. We ended here on this first leg of this Real America's Voice News Save America Border Tour, or excuse me, Save America Freedom Tour uh, in McAllen, Texas, because this is really the front line in the battle for the future of this nation, David. Yeah, and tell me a little bit about what you've experienced down there and who you've interviewed, because I understand Ken Paxton, the Attorney General, was uh, with you uh, earlier today. He was. It was great. Uh, he had taken a boat trip actually on the, the Rio Grande behind us here. And I was able to catch up with him. And God bless him. You talk about a fighter. We need more attorneys general like Ken Paxton. Uh, unfortunately, in places like California, where I'm from, they're doing the exact opposite. They're actually aiding and abetting illegal immigration, where Ken Paxton's actually upholding his oath and putting America first and actually trying to do uh, what the, the, the opposite of what the left is doing. While they're doing sanctuary policy, he's doing constitutional policy. Yeah, and I was actually just talking to one of our angel moms, Agnes, about this earlier. Uh, I remember last year, Cher tweeted out something to the effect of, we have... Uh, war veterans living under our bridges and yet you want to give free health care to illegal immigrants and I remember thinking about that thinking if Cher is even calling you out you know that your immigration policies are failures but you know Ben was talking about the stops that he made along the way I flew here I declined to ride on the bus and I'm a little jealous now but I did have a stopover in Dallas yesterday and one of the ladies who I spoke to as I was standing in line we were just chatting I was actually asking her for restaurant recommendations here if you want to be if I want to be honest but anyway she comes down here to McAllen every week for work so she flies back home to Dallas at, you know before the end of of the week and uh, she was talking about her flights back and she said every single flight that I take back to Dallas over half of the flight is illegal immigrants and over half of the illegal immigrants are children and she said these children that she sees at the airport boarding her flight have manila envelopes that written in big letters on the front in sharpie I do not speak English. My next flight is 
Delta 1440 or whatever, please help me get there. So these these illegal immigrant children who may or may not be with their parents, by the way, 99% increase in unaccompanied minors since February. These kids are being disseminated all across America. Every state is a border state. Every city is a border city. And for people who don't understand that by now, they're obviously not watching America's Voice. Yeah, no, for sure. Hey, let me get your take, both of you, uh, on this. Uh, I was at the White House briefing the other day. Uh, I was talking to Jen Psaki, and one of the things she, she said in a, in a question to some, some other reporters that Kamala Harris, and this is the quote, is not concerned about what's happening at the border. She then she went on to talk about Guatemala and what's happening in these uh, other countries. That that was shocking to me. Uh, that that she's not concerned about what's happening literally at the border, and she thinks she's trying to go to the genesis of the problem. But but I'm just wondering about catch and release and and what's happening there because clearly that is you're you're right there at the epicenter. Yeah, I believe the new party line for Democrats is that climate change is what's affecting <laughs> illegal immigration. Oh, phenomenal. Um, when you talk about the climate, yeah, I know. Th there, there are environmental issues to illegal immigration. Four million pounds of litter. Backpacks, diapers, feces, bottles, food trash in Arizona alone in one year four million pounds, 2,000 tons. So you talk about the environment. Yeah, there are envir environmental issues, but they're not causing illegal immigration. They are a result of illegal immigration. You think about the thousands of plant life and animal species that inhabit this area. This area actually is on private land, so they keep it very clean. But in those areas where it's not, and you see piles and piles of trash, these people don't care about leaving their litter behind. They don't care about being good stewards of the land that they are walking across. So you have to wonder how they're are going to treat our country when they get there or when they get here but now you've got i mean where's PETA? you've got these these animals right. in this environment and it's going to be uninhabitable at some point well and and david this is the one of those things when you listen to the left the woke speak uh, they they use all of this terminology they use words like sanctuary they talk about being humanitarian everything they're doing is the exact opposite of that they blame america for all of the world's problems and they ignore the fact that america is still the beacon that the world wants to come to but what if we allow open borders, if we allow this complete invasion and undermining of our border sovereignty, it will crush this country and there will be no beacon for the world to go to. There are All they're simply doing is importing misery into America rather than actually fixing the problems. And ironically, many of the problems in those home countries they're talking about mm -hmm. were created by the left. Socialism and communism and, and, and corruption. Rather than dealing with that, what they're doing is actually incentivizing it by keeping these borders open and inviting more people. And you talked about the trash impact they they say blame climate change but they ignore the heavy metals and raw sewage that flow into the tijuana river or to the new river yeah. down in calexico or mexicali all of this it's all connected but the point is they're frauds they know the truth and they don't want the american people to know the truth so they simply lie to the american people mm -hmm. but that's why we're here to tell the truth guys i've got 30 seconds set the scene behind you what are we seeing where is where are you what's behind what's across the river give us what's that over there you know all that all that stuff so we've got uh, Mexico to our left. Yeah. We've got, this is the river, the uh, Rio Grande River right behind us mm -hmm. that the boat is coming up right here. Uh, this is the big, beautiful wall that Tommy Fisher of Fisher Industries built down here uh, that is cleared out so you can actually see what's coming across the river protecting this country. Uh, this is what 
the border should be like. The reason we can sit yeah. here right now on the border is because this wall provides security along with Border Patrol and has secured yep. this area. And the Rio Grande is behind me, and you guys were just daring me to jump in. But then you started talking about sewage in the river, so that's a no. <laughs> all right. Amanda, Ben, thanks for all of the reporting. Uh, great stuff down there. I really appreciate you both. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, and I tell you what, I I've been to that area, and I can tell you, especially in certain parts, that Rio Grande River behind them, very small, very tiny. You can quickly jump across the border. Not too hard. We're back in a moment with Rick Green, founder of PatriotAcademy.com, talking about the Constitution. Back in a moment. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, we told you at the top of the show about Rudy Giuliani. Look, the feds are, are clearly after Giuliani. As we told you, like I said at the top of the show, federal investigators went into Giuliani's Manhattan home and his office Wednesday, they seized uh, electronic devices. It was the old uh, 6 a.m. raid. It appears that the feds are, are looking into what they believe could be criminal dealings in Ukraine. Specifically, they may be looking at whether Giuliani legally lobbied the Trump administration in 2019 on behalf of Ukrainian officials who were apparently searching for dirt on President Trump's political rivals. At least that's how the theory goes. Uh, Giuliani's lawyer says, uh, look, uh, that these searches are wholly unnecessary because Giuliani offered to talk to prosecutors, except, of course, for his privileged communications with Trump, which, of course, come under attorney-client privilege. More on all of this at justthenews.com. Uh, all right, well, let's switch gears now. So is unity in the Constitution? Well, we know that it's we the people that elect our representatives. So shouldn't the president have reached out by now to Republican House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy because he represents Republicans in the House? Here was my question to White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki about that the other day in the press briefing room. Hi, David. Hey, Jen. Hey, a question on unity. Um, you know, you talk about earlier, you said you wanted to bring, or the president wanted to bring the country back. Uh, together. So I guess the question is, uh, he has not met with House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, according to Kevin McCarthy. Uh, what does that say about unity? And also there are some other legislative issues as it relates to H.R. 1 and a commission to study uh, packing the Supreme Court, as you would say. Uh, and there's a lot of other lists as well, budget reconciliation. So there's a lot of folks, you talk about tens of millions of people, they're concerned about that this doesn't seem like unity at all. Do you think tens of millions of people are concerned about him not meeting with Kevin McCarthy? No, I think tens of millions of people are concerned about H.R. 1 and budget reconciliation and going with a 50-vote uh, threshold. I think I'm that not was a sure concern. the polling bears that out, but I will say yeah. that the president's view is that bringing the country together is bringing the American people together. So when I say he's uh, he is focused... Okay, yeah, we got it. Uh, so let's bring in Rick Green, uh, founder of PatriotAcademy.com, uh, who can opine on unity in the Constitution. Rick, good to see you again, sir. 
I, I'm just wondering, was that sign language you were using there? Because I've never, I haven't seen that. That that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah this is hey, sign good to be with you, man. Great, great question for the White House. I, I enjoyed watching that. Well, you're wondering about. I mean, there's a political aspect to this, but there's also a constitutional aspect to it. I want you to hit on that constitutional aspect about unity. I mean, I was just kind of going from a political standpoint. It's it's one thing to have words of unity, but there's been no action. What about constitutionally on, on this unity uh, question? Well, I mean, certainly no constitutional requirement that right. he reach across the aisle and, and, and work with the other side. But, I mean, we've always done that. Even if you were just going through the motions, think of the, think of the press conferences with Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer sitting together, uh, knowing that they're not going to agree on virtually anything, uh, but yet they at least came together and showed the American people they were trying to do that. This administration seems to not even want to do that. And, David, think about how close the, the margins are. I mean, a 50-50 Senate, a, a five-vote margin in the House, this is an incredibly close, a very divided and incredibly close uh, Congress that we're dealing with right now. So it just seems like good strategy if, if I were in his shoes to do that. But, man, they are, they are uh, it's not about do I have the, po the, the political uh, will of the people. What matters is do I have the political will as an activist to actually push my agenda on the American people, uh, whether or not the other side is going to join me at all. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I want to move on to Arizona, what we've been seeing uh, this week out there. Uh, what do you make of what's happening with the audit? I mean, once again, Democrats are trying to fight this in court, and then they really can't. I mean, they're well, they don't come up with the money. I guess they can't come up with the money for it. But anyhow, what, what's your sense of, of what, what we're seeing? Uh, the, uh, the New York Times and others are picking it up finally a little bit, but not, not, not too much. Yeah, finally, a little bit of progress right here. We are, you know, six months later, and we're finally digging into some of these these ballots. Of course, they're going to fight every step of the way. You know, they got the first judge thrown out based on some intern that worked for him or something that was from the Democrat uh, group that got hired. And, and so they're going to look for every way they can to stop this from happening. All we want is transparency. Hey, it may turn out to be that there were no mistakes and no cheating. We just all like to know if that's, in fact, what happened. So I'm really thankful for Representative Fincham and others in uh, in Arizona that are pushing this through. And I'll say, Dave, there's some positive things happening on this front. It's very late in the game that it be, mm -hmm. be happening. But look at Georgia. Look at some of these other states. And then look at the candidates that are now running for secretary of state. Used to be a boring position. Nobody paid attention to it. You got a great congressman named Jody Heiss running in Georgia. You got Mark Fincham now, I think, is going to run in Arizona for secretary of state. This is how we clean up the mess. Everything rises and falls with leadership. Let's get some good people in these positions. So you're saying there's progress. You're, you're, you're encouraged at this point. Very much so. Very much so. I mean, it's not no, no silver bullet. Absolutely. And it's only a handful of states, but at least it's happening. You remember back in November, December, January, we were going, wait a minute, we've got Republican controlled legislatures that are not doing their job. It was incredibly frustrating. So now we're finally seeing some movement. Granted, you know, maybe too little, too late. Well, definitely too late for this particular election. But we got to think long term. We got to think about the next election and make sure we can get some integrity, at least in some states. And hopefully they can be a, the beacon and show how it should be done. Hey, Rick, uh, how, how's Joe Biden doing on upholding the Constitution as it relates to his first hundred days? He makes the, uh, you know, he makes the big speech tonight. Uh, uh, what, what, what have you been concerned with specifically as it relates to his first hundred days uh, in office? Oh, man. How much time do you have? We got to, this is going to be a couple hours. Go so ahead. We're do this you're you're, you're so, paid by the hour. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's so many specifics. So, but let me just back up and do a kind of a 30,000 feet view and say in a general way, because I really hope people watch the speech tonight. And I hope you'll be listening for some clues about the philosophy of this administration. So it's not just the specific action, but what is causing them to constantly think that our rights come from government instead of from God? Think about what even Jen Psaki said with regard to the CDC is going to give us some freedoms back, that they're going to allow us to go to a park 
if we've been vaccinated. Finally get to sit in a restaurant, maybe, if we've been vaccinated and wear a mask. David, I'm just shocked that we're just now discovering that there was a typo in the Declaration of Independence for 245 years. And now we finally find out it doesn't say endowed by our creator. It's endowed by the CDC. I mean, that's new to me. I've been studying the Constitution and the Declaration a long time, but I guess I got it wrong. Look, your rights do not come from the federal government. We don't need the federal government to give us permission to go outside, go to the park, eat in a restaurant, all of those things. I'm just so tired of everybody saying, oh, the nice CDC is finally going to let us do X, Y, and Z. Our freedom comes from God, not from government. Yeah, no, 100%, uh, Rick. I, look, I, I can go on about this, about uh, King Biden, uh, and basically, hey, thanks for letting me have a picnic with my family, King Biden. Appreciate that. Right. Uh, that's really nice of you. All right, uh, Rick Green, uh, good to see you. Uh, as a matter of fact, no, let me take that back. Great to see you, actually. Great to see you. Hey, you too, David. And, and, and just remember, as everybody makes their plans for July 4th, get together with as many people possible and think about the pr principles that you're actually celebrating. Think about freedom principles and read the Declaration with your family. All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, Rick Green uh, here on The Water Cooler. Appreciate it. Uh, so uh, we've got a lot more coming up on the show. We will be back in a moment with The Last Sip. There is a lot to talk about as it relates to Joe Biden and fact-checking. The four Pinocchios with Joe Biden, there's plenty of them. Here's the problem. The Washington Post, yeah, you know what? They've said, I'll tell you what, we're done. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Hey, a programming note coming up at 4 o'clock Eastern on Outside the Beltway with uh, John Fredericks, an exclusive interview with Coy Griffin. Uh, he's going to talk exclusively on what happened during the January 6th storming of the Capitol. That's on uh, uh, at 4 p.m., here on Real America's Voice. All right, time for, oh, let me grab my mug. There it is, the last sip. I'll tell you what, the Washington Post, they're a piece of work. Let's go to this Washington Times headline. Look at this, Washington Post shuts down presidential fact-checking database after 100 days of Biden. That's it, folks, 100 days of Joe Biden, and we are done fact-checking Mr. Four Pinocchio. And you asked me about Four Pinocchios. Hey, I've got a list. Look, I don't even know where to begin. This is like me in seventh grade with math homework. It's, it's everywhere. Uh, but look, I'll just read you one. For example, do you remember this one? Uh, remember when uh, he actually said, this is Biden saying that uh, Georgia's controversial Republican-backed election law had shorter voting hours? That was a Four Pinocchio. Oh, by the way, did I tell you that he said it three times? at least three times. Of course, the Washington Post did fact check him on that, gave him four Pinocchios. So why in the world are you stopping the fact checking on Joe Biden? I mean, as a matter of fact, uh, the Washington Post themselves say there are close to 60 factual errors from Joe Biden in the first 100 days. That's almost one a day, 0.5 a day. And by the way, trust me, those numbers are fudged. I'm sorry, you can't tell me uh, that, that there haven't been more, but of course it's the Washington Post fact-checking their liberal friend Joe Biden. Uh, so they are done with fact-checking uh, Joe Biden. And of course with Donald Trump, no, 
They fact-checked him for four years. You know what they say? Here's Greg Kessler, who is the uh, guy that, you know, is kind of basically the grand poobah fact-checking of the Washington Post. He says, no, look, Trump was just so taxing on us. That's what he says. That's why they're stopping. Trump was so taxing on us that it was just eight hours a day. Every day we devoted so many resources to all of that. So we had to stop. We, you know, we, we had to stop with Biden because, you know, it was just too taxing. Too taxing. Really? By the way, they say they're going to still keep a database, apparently, but they're not going to do the daily fact, or excuse me, they're not going to have a database, but they're going to do, so they're still going to fact check. Do you really believe that? You know what, folks? I mean, does the media really think conservatives are stupid? I know, I just heard you. You said, yes, they think you're stupid. That's right. They do think you're stupid. And you know what? I mean, before we knew they were biased, and now we really, really know they're biased. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the end of the show, folks. Uh, And, uh, oh, look, I'm David Brody. But guess what? Anna Perez is here, Real America's Voice. You're like a regular. You know what? I'm going to call you a regular. You're a regular. Yes, I'm a regular. Uh, I don't, you don't Love get that paid, title. Yeah, you don't get paid extra, FYI, for oh, that. Oh, okay, then maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I set you up for that. Uh, all right, so Mitch McConnell is speaking. I'm sure Donald Trump's really interested. I'm sorry, I went off on that. <laughs> well, what is he saying? What's uh, old Mitch up to today? Well, you know, he brought up a good point this morning okay. on the Senate floor. He actually brought up the fact that, you know, Biden's first 100 days in office have been anything but unifying. He criticized a lot of the things that they've tried to do, like they haven't really been very attentive to the migrant surge we've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, the Democrats have introduced H.R. 1. You know, they've done things like, you know, passed and all of this without Republican support, right. of course. And so he basically attacked him for everything that he's doing that is against what he promised in his campaign. Mm-hmm. And of course, this comes after we saw his job approval rating, you know, at one of the lowest in, you know, presidential history in the low 50s. I believe the average is 66 mm-hmm. percent. Um, so, you know, it may not sound that bad, if, you know, in the low 50s. But it does go to show that I think there's a fair amount of uh, voters, people who voted for him, Mm -hmm. that are very disappointed with the way things have been handled. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I was thinking about this. I think a lot of people voted for him Mm -hmm. um, or of the voters that he did have, Mm -hmm. you know, on issues that were a little bit more trivial. Like maybe they didn't like the way Trump tweeted or they didn't like his, quote, rhetoric. Mm -hmm. And they thought, okay, this will be a better alternative. But Mm -hmm. what they're seeing now is I think they're kicking themselves thinking, well, you know, I may not have liked Trump's style, mm-hmm. but I don't like these policies that are really affecting my life. Yeah, see, I think you hit exactly on it because, you know, okay, so you, you get boring with Biden, you don't get crazy Trump, and maybe that's what they wanted. They wanted kind of normal. But you get normal, and oh, by the way, $6 trillion worth of spending. Yeah. You get normal, and oh, by the way, uh, President AOC or whoever he is now. I mean, that, that's what's going on. Right, and, and I, we were talking about this before, but, you know, mm-hmm. I think Marsha Blackburn brought up a really good point on John Solomon's podcast recently where mm-hmm. she said, you know, at this point, they're just trying to get past as much of, as many of their progressive policies as they can. They know they're not very popular right now among the American people, all these policies, they're not going to win again in 2022 during the midterms. Mm -hmm. They're going to lose seats. They know that. You know, at this point, they're just throwing in the towel, is what she said. And I think that's an excellent point. No, oh, 100%. And th- there's no bipartisanship. And, you know, they always talk about polls, None. but I'm sorry. You know, you, you got to work with the other side, and you, know, you right. just can't ram it through, especially the big stuff. All right, Anna, mm-hmm. great to see you. Great to see you. Thank you so much. All right, uh, tomorrow on the show, 
Dr. Kelly Ward, uh, Arizona GOP chairman, will be here. Pastor Brian Gibson as well. Hope you have a wonderful uh, day. I will, as I said, I will be going to the border, and it ain't Mexico. Taco Bell next. See you tomorrow.